Welcome to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. Marketing is our passion, and as a chapter, we hope to inspire dialogue, fuel creativity, and create a community for marketers everywhere. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe to our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Let the inspiration and dialogue begin. I am your host today, Josh Genoviak, Director of Communications at Sandy Pines Recreational Community in Hopkins. Our co-host today is... My name is Marcy Palmer, and I work with Champion Resources, independent marketing consultant for small to medium-sized businesses here in Grand Rapids, and also the VP of Membership for the West Michigan AMA. And our featured guest today is... I'm Dan McCraw. I'm the CEO with uh, DPT Solutions, uh, based here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Marcy, let's talk a little bit about the Tech Talks first and your role as uh, the VP of Membership for the AMA. How did the Tech Talks come about? Well, as the VP of Membership, one of my jobs is to educate the members on the many benefits of, of AMA and also to enhance membership benefits. And I know one of the things as a marketing professional myself and just talking with other marketing professionals there are so many technologies available today to marketers to help make their um, operation more efficient and more effective, and really trying to help um, marketing professionals understand all the technologies that are available and how to best utilize them in their businesses. The um, other benefit really we wanted to provide with the Tech Docs is opportunity for members to have some peer-to-peer networking amongst each other about these technologies. So uh, this is our very first Tech Talk. So we're really pleased about that. Thank you, Dan. You're a pioneer. I am. It's great. <laughs> great to be here. Dan was our Tech Talk in November. And I'll give you the little intro here to set the stage for what we're going to talk about today. Baby boomers continuing to exit the workforce at a rapid rate. Relationships between buyers and sellers changing more rapidly than ever. Learn how to design winning processes and use technologies to help your business cultivate new relationships and secure existing relationships in the digital age. Key technologies for discussion, CRM, social media, and marketing automation. So Dan, let's, uh, let's go to you. Tell us a little bit about DPT, what you guys do here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Josh. So DPT and in, in historically, so we've been around for about 18 years now, and historically we're knowing, known as a CRM company. And what you'll start to see is, you know, CRM in this day and age of technology has really evolved significantly well beyond CRM and customer engagement. So DPT, we've done our own transformation um, over the recent years. And we're ultimately, to sum it up, we're a business process automation and business intelligence company. And we cover anything from marketing automation and customer relationship management on through customer engagement and even finance and operations. Um, so we are a Microsoft partner. We are also a Click Dimensions uh, partner, which is a marketing automation um, platform. Now, I think I saw in the description, too, when this was posted, that there are over 5,000 marketing technologies. So uh, give us a rough idea. I mean, how many different products do you guys usually work with when you're consulting? So to that point, um, no two customers are the same, right? And I always say that, you know, the good technology is the technology that your people will use. 
And so our approach is generally more of a process-oriented approach that goes from understanding your buyers um, right on into the process and then really looking at the technology as a last step. Um, because there are so many technologies, there are so many technologies that companies are already using and have already incorporated. And it's, it's, the technology generally isn't, isn't the main factor in making a difference within your organization. It's generally the process and understanding your buyers and your customers. So where, where do you start in that process? So if you have somebody that comes on, um, you know, typically are you working with smaller or larger organizations? Do they have some technology already in place? Do they have no technology? Yeah, so typically our, um, our ideal market size is what we refer to as 25 on up knowledge workers, meaning 25 individuals on up that are actually using um, our software or our process automation platforms. So most of our customers being of that size definitely have technologies that they have incorporated into their business today. Um, so our process to go in is first we go through a discovery process to really understand from a leadership perspective within that company, where are you trying to go? What are you trying to accomplish um, over the next one, three, five years for your business? And then from there, we generally go right to the feet on the street. We go to the people that are actually um, inputting data in, into those systems, right? So it might be your sales reps, might be your marketing folks, might be your customer service folks, right? And really understanding what are you doing, what process are you following, what are you going through, and really making sure that we have the process documented to a T. And then we come full circle. Obviously, I'm shortening that up here, but we come full circle back to then, okay, what technologies for your, for your business, your unique differentiators are the right fit? And then how do we go about implementing those? And, you know, oftentimes those technologies or a portion of those technologies might not even be a space that we play in. So we've got strategic business partners that we work with and we'll bring those folks in um, if they don't already have a partner. Yeah, no, Josh and I have had conversations for organizations who, you know, maybe have three or four different platforms that they're using that they, you know, the idea really is to try and consolidate those platforms into the fewest platforms you possibly can because managing those platforms is not only time, um, you know, there's time constraint and you have to have labor, obviously, to, to support that. And then, of course, there's the financial um, p- portion of that. So uh, I think for, for most of us, we're trying to do as many things as we possibly can out of the fewest amount of platforms. And I think for most organizations, that's part of the challenge in understanding, you know, what the platforms can do for them that they currently have or additional modules that they can purchase that might help them satisfy those needs um, without having to actually purchase a whole nother platform that creates a whole nother obstacle. Yeah, no, and Marcy, you've worked with DPT, you know, and partnered with us um, on several deals, and, and it's been great. And, and so one thing you've definitely learned, and, and I'm sure most of the audience could, could relate to this, is so many organizations, especially in this day of technology, um, take this approach at this next technology is going to solve our problem. So they go buy another subscription and go throw another technology at it, and a year later, two years later, they think to themselves, well, what do we really get? So now we've got another silo of information, another silo of data, and what do we ultimately get out of it that's helping our business move forward? And oftentimes, because they didn't look at the process, they really didn't look at the core of what they do, they didn't get much out of it. Or because they say, well, marketing only needs this system, and, and they've got all these silos of data, 
if it takes people, regardless if it's a sales rep, your your marketing folks, your customer experience folks, your finance and operations folks, um, regardless of who it is, if they have to go digging through silos of information that they may or may not even have access to, to go find that consumer data, um, the reality is in most businesses, it's just not going to happen. And that really sunk in to me. I think that was one of the biggest uh, points that I took away from the Tech Talk was, you know, the most useful tools are the ones that others will utilize and embrace. Um, you know, we've tried, uh, I'll use Slack as an example, because that's on a basic level is free. We've had some communication issues between departments and thought, okay, here's, you know, since not everybody has an email, um, here's a piece of technology that will be on your phone, will be on your computer, and, and we can all use. And in concept, in theory, it would be really easy, but um, not so much because people aren't used to it. It's just another technology and, you know, not everybody's using it. So, I mean, if we had invested in it, then that could have been some serious money lost because nobody's utilizing it. Yeah, and we often joke about the, the cost of free, right? It's many organizations, the first place they'll go is, well, what's the freeware out there? And there's a cost to free. When you, and again, it's, it's the same concept, whether it's, whether it's free software, regardless of the cost, maybe per user per month, whether it's capital, maybe you're hosting the infrastructure internally, there's a cost to that free if you don't take the business process and really understand business process approach and really understand how is that technology going to fit into my business and how do I expect my users to engage with that technology, right? That's a big piece of it. And really any technology, when I say your, your people need to want to use it, it's got to be seamless. It's got to be easy. So you can't you can't expect your users throughout your organization, and especially in an age where there's a big churn of staff. I think the statistics are every two to three years, generally on average, you have staff churn. You can't expect all of your staff members to have members to have to memorize your end-to-end process. So, how do you give them in a tool that they can engage with that's easy to learn, simple, and basically walks them through their job and what they need to know about your company and your customers? Yeah, I know one of the things we've been talking about, too, in relationship to the engagement level within companies and using the tools is when they're entering a piece of data in, let's just say, customer service or customer experience, how can that information also benefit the sales organization? So it's entered once, but it's also showing benefit to another piece of the organization that's valuable. And the more of those experiences that you can create for people in using that technology, the more they will adopt and engage in the technology. And that goes back to the process, is really understanding that process well enough to know that when we add this information, here's the outcome for some others in the organization that are valuable. And the adoption, of course, engagement will, will certainly will certainly increase. Yeah, and a perfect example of that, Marcy, is you know if you think of sales and customer service, right? And if a sales rep is going to go out to a customer site to um, to just meet with them, maybe it's just a, a drop by, haven't you know, haven't done much with a customer over three, four, five, six months. I'm going to drop into their account and just see how they're doing. Well, it might be great for them to quick pop up mobily that account record, right, and see, hey, have there been any service issues or cases open, so they don't drop into that customer site and find out that, oh, they've had five major cases open or issues open. And that they didn't know about, right? Wouldn't it be great for them to know, oh, this is good information to know before I even walk in the door, right? And maybe have some conversations with my back-end team to understand what happened there so I can go in, 
have an intelligent, meaningful, and purposeful conversation. And from the customer side, there's a lot of value in that, right? It makes them feel like a million bucks. And frankly, they are. Yeah, right? and it saves a salesperson from getting there and being blindsided by an issue. And that's just a no-fun experience for a salesperson to walk in and have the first thing be, hey, I've got these big issues and not knowing anything about it. So definitely can, can see that benefit for a salesperson. Let's touch on knowing your audience and engaging in the digital age and um, the boomers and the different generations. Also knowing your customer journey. So how does that play into the scope of you know, how you may steer somebody towards a certain uh, technology? Yeah, so you know, a, a couple things that we, especially on the CRM side and kind of going back to the tech talk, um, you know, one big factor that many organizations, unfortunately, aren't thinking about today, and I don't care what business you're in, what you do for a living, um, one big factor that a lot of um, companies aren't considering is the baby boomer generation. And both on the sales side and on the customer buyer side, there's a big transformation going on. And if you read statistics, will continue to go on over the next ultimately five to 10 years. So baby boomers are continuing to retire at a more rapid pace than ever. And when you think about that, you think about your business and the relationships that you have with customers. Maybe you have sales reps that are, maybe they fall into that baby boomer classification. And they've got a tremendous amount of relationships. Maybe you've been with your company for five, 10, 15, 20 plus years and cultivated, again, tremendous relationships over that period. What's your next steps when your baby boomers, who maybe your sales reps, are retiring? What are you doing? You know, so many people look at existing accounts and recurring revenue with existing customers and just assume that those customers are always going to be there. And what we see um, as the baby boomers are retiring is maybe even on the buyer side, right? The buyer leaves the organization and, and a younger generation, 30, 35, 40-year-old comes in who has previous relationships, and the next thing you know, after that transition, your company is no longer in that account, right? So it's there's a lot of planning that needs to go involved. And, and so, Josh, to your question, you know, one of the processes and one of the reasons we start with the executive leadership within companies is, you know, how are you monitoring your sales? What are you looking at? Are you monitoring your existing, ongoing, recurring revenue with accounts differently than you're measuring your net new revenue? And something that maybe sounds that simple, when I, when I say it like that, a lot of people probably step back and say, no, we're, we're not. It's all actually populating the same sales funnel. And it's, it's very important for organizations to understand what is that recurring revenue, what does your existing base look like, and how are we going to continue to nurture and cultivate that base over the next five, six, ten years? And, and to look at net new, because a lot of organizations, you might look at your net new and say, wow, that makes up 10% or less of our overall annual revenue. What can we do to start monitoring that and increasing it? Well, again, making sure that you've got a plan for your existing account base. In your experience, how often or what percentage of, of businesses that you work with are actually proactively tracking and mining and using that data? I would say less than... Less than 15 to 20%. Wow. 
Yeah, and I know, um, you know, kind of the up-and-coming and emerging roles within organizations is called that data analyst um, type role where there is a person and there, you know, the percentage of those, you know, roles have has not grown yet, but it is growing in that these folks are meant to be the people to analyze the data and identify the opportunities for an organization and bring those to the leadership's attention to help drive strategy and, and you know, kind of drive the, steer the company. Exactly. And again, so when I when I refer to us, right, as a business process automation and business intelligence company, and, and Marcy, you hit the nail on the head earlier in this conversation that when we talked about data silos, right? And ultimately what we try to do is break down those silos. And we know that you're not going to replace every silo of information, right? We, we often refer to them as sources of record. So you have to define your sources of record, and then you have to define where are my integration points, right? So hopefully you don't need folks that spend days, maybe weeks, looking and mining your internal data. And so how do you get that data to rise to the top? So whether it's tools like Power BI, um, how do you get that information to always be out in front of the users and the business so they can make intelligent and purposeful decisions on you know, I don't want to say on the fly because a lot of strategic decisions aren't made on the fly, but it starts with a gut feel. It starts with a, hey, maybe we're missing out on market share or maybe we're missing this piece. So to understand what is that piece, so it starts with a gut feel, right? And then it's, okay, now I want to drill down into that data to see if my gut feel is is accurate, right? And then you can start to, to stem strategic um, conversation and maybe strategic direction for your business from those things. And then, again, monitor those decisions, right? So when you make an investment, decide maybe we're going to break into a new market, maybe we're going to develop a new product, we're going to bring on a new product, whatever it is, um, to ultimately be able to measure that and make sure, is it as successful as what we thought it was, right? Um, you, You would be amazed, back to even many of the organizations that aren't monitoring their sales pipeline as net new and, you know, recurring business, you've also got... um, an amazing amount of times where we enter into a business and go work with a company and find out they've been losing money on a product for years and they just had no way to measure it. And they step back and go, wow, we had no idea. Maybe it wasn't a significant amount of money, but they were selling six products into a company. Five of the products were good money makers and the sixth product they've been losing on for years and years and years. But overall, they were making money and they were fine with it. So it's that type of intelligence and with the tools and the solutions that are available to organizations today, they've got much more capability than ever to make intelligent and purposeful decisions. Yeah, and I you know, I remember working with a industrial distributor where I was employed as a marketing manager for some time and having a salesperson realize through the business intelligence that they had lost that business over a period of time. You wanna talk about user engagement going up. It's like, oh wow, you know. Now I see a reason to use this intelligence to my advantage because I had no idea that I lost that business for the last two years. I assumed I still had it. So very powerful way to, you know, when you're bringing that kind of intelligence to a salesperson to increase the engagement and using the tools to, you know, to drive their businesses. Dan, one of the things that you mentioned in the Tech Talk and what I found also interesting is I believe it was the same percentage that Jennifer Jurgens mentioned in her lunch presentation a couple months ago is 
I believe if I have it right, 60 to 70% of research is made online that customers are doing now before engaging with any product. They're doing all that beforehand. Uh, talk to us because you also have a very interesting slide um, that we'll put in the show notes of the show here about engaging in the digital age on how people spend time online, how they research, and I guess how does that all work and how does that play into moving into marketing automation? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question, um, Josh, and it's one that, that um, every organization really needs to think deeply about. Um, what we run into is you, you, you see a lot of senior leadership at organizations looking at technology, um, and, and I've often encouraged organizations not to look at it as a, as a technology budget anymore and challenge them to look at it as an innovation budget, because when you think of the age of Uber and Amazon and and really what the differentiators are for those businesses, um, it's a technology, right? It wasn't for Uber. It wasn't cleaner taxi cabs. It was turning an industry upside down, right, with a way through technology in ways that nobody else ever thought of. So um, with Jennifer's statistics of 60 to 70 percent, it's, it's somewhere in there, um, of buyers being, you know, I, I probably 75% through the sales process, something along that, right? Don't quote me on those statistics, but it's true. So when you think of the digital age and you think about even even the folks in this room and, and many folks listening to this podcast, right, are, they're probably listening to it through their mobile phone, mm -hmm. right? So or maybe driving to work in their car. So it's when you think about how do people engage, how do your customers engage? So people are going through, they've got all this research at their fingertips that they've never had before. And so they are much more intelligent through Google searches on the products. And often people would you know, rather sit behind their PC, their phone, um, and there's no harm in that. that. That That's good, I do it, right? So sit there and do some research, right? And Generally, they have some things narrowed down um, pretty significantly before we're even engaged in the process. Um, so a, a big piece for us when we're, when we're going down the path of technology consideration is we have to understand how are your consumers um, interfacing with your company? You know, are they calling in? Are they texting? Are they maybe throwing stuff out there on Twitter, right? Maybe you're a retail business and they walk out of your restaurant or hotel or whatever the retail business is and they post something on Twitter or they do a review. Um, there's statistics even when you look over 2017, uh, 2018 over 2017, um, there's in an internet minute uh, roughly 70,000 hours of um, Netflix uh, videos watched. In one minute, crazy to think, and about. It? it is right. <laughs> Seventy thousand hours. Well, then you look at twenty eighteen, and it's two hundred sixty six thousand hours of Netflix videos watched in a minute. And so it's it's what sometimes people are are failing to realize is it's well we've always done it that way, right? We've always done it that way, but you have to leverage technology to be able to capitalize, and maybe the way you've always done it is a great process, right? But how do you enhance that process through innovation, right? And so so I, I get in the habit more and more of even trying to correct myself in terms of not really calling it technology and calling it innovation, right? Because regardless of what your business is, maybe, maybe you're in the tool and die business, right? Maybe you're a manufacturer. Maybe you, you develop um, or manufacture conveyor systems. Well, you think of IoT, 
that's the Internet of Things, right? Where you've got all these devices and sensors connected um, wirelessly to gadgets, right? The, the, they can measure heat, they can measure you name it. So, you know, when you maybe, and again, in that example I used of maybe you uh, manufacture conveyor systems, right? How can you put an IoT sensor on your motors where that motor's heating up, it's running at a hotter temperature, it alerts a customer care team that, hey, we might have something that's about to fail. And how do you proactively reach out to that customer and say, hey, you know what? this is hot. When's your next downtime schedule? Let's do this while you have a downtime so you're not, um, you know, dead in the water at some point. We work a lot with uh, Crystal Flash. You know, how do you, th- when, when you think about a propane tank, you know, how, how, the burn down rate, right? How do you proactively maybe reach out to your consumers and say, hey, you know what? Your propane tank's down to 20%. We're going to schedule a truck to go out there and fill it up. And that's not stuff that's those are conversations that are in the works and, and actively in the works today. And there's so many businesses leveraging technology and innovation to enhance their current products. And, and that's something that's a big differentiator in the market today. Yeah, and I think companies are really coming up against if there's a higher risk of not doing it than there is of actually doing it. And I think companies are realizing we're going to have to take this step into the innovation or the technology to be in existence or to be relevant to their customers and their consumers going forward. So it's really becoming, you know, really driven by, you're, you're almost required to, to do it. or you, It is an expectation. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah. companies are, are embracing that, at least, you know, the ones yeah. that are, are obviously ones that will be sustainable with the, the next generations. Yeah. Well, as a consumer, right, we're, we're, we're growing up with the technology at our fingertips, right, that we've got these, these mobile devices and we can access anything from email to music to you name it right here at our fingertips and it's super easy. And as the, the business world is being forced to adopt those types of measures, so whether it's their systems, their engagement model with their consumers, it's got to be easy. It's got to be simple. And the same thing not only with their consumers but their internal employees. It's got to be simple. They've got to be able to sit down easily understand it, easily get into the mix, or the reality is they won't, lo- they won't use it. And ultimately, you'll end up losing people on both the customer side and the employee side if all of your processes are manual, um, difficult to learn, and just the inefficiency from a business perspective. If, if it takes a new hire six months, nine months, 12 months to get on board with your technology solutions and applications, um, that's difficult and that's extremely costly. And some of those are intangible when it comes to measuring, um, but it's it's significant. All right. Well, we're getting close to the uh, end of wrapping up our podcast here. And I do have a couple questions that I want to ask both of you before we wrap up. Uh, Dan, as far as business automation that you work with, what are, say, the top five um, big ones, just to put some names out there if people want to research um, different automation systems and what they provide. Sure. So obviously I'm partial to Dynamics 365, which is a Microsoft product, uh, very partial to their their ecosystem, but for obvious reasons, right? We're a Microsoft partner. Mm-hmm. Um, Salesforce um, is another, another good one, solid player in the market. Um, HubSpot, Zoho um, are names that we come across often. Um, 
really though what I would say and even about um, our products dynamics um, uh, click dimensions as I had mark, uh, mentioned and earlier you mentioned um, the thousands right of applications that are truly out there anywhere from freeware on up the scale right is really um, it comes down to understanding your business and understanding how that technology is going to fit into your business so there's tremendous technologies out there 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 truly is so many good ones you know it, it's it's really hard for me to pick on any of my competitors because they're quality solutions. So a lot of times it comes down to who's integrating and implementing the solution. Um, and, and again, just for folks to remember, don't just go online and say, hey, this is $20 a user a month or 10 or five. Um, and hey, it fits into my budget or free to your point, right? Mm -hmm. With Slack um, and to really understand how is this going to fit into my business? And it's critical because you will implement technology all day, every day, and it will continue to fail if you don't understand the basis in which you're implementing. And then the only other thing I would note is that some technologies work real well, but as soon as you start to scale them, you find out where they're flawed. And that's also yeah. the importance of understanding the process and understanding, as I mentioned earlier, what's the one, three, five-year business strategy and business goals? Because you, you need to think a little bit longer term because if you go invest in a year-long project, let's say maybe it's even only six-month project or three-month project, it's still a significant amount of time that got dumped into that. And if a year later you find out that trying to go to that next phase of the project, that that technology is not going to work for you, that was that was a lot of time wasted and potentially sunk costs. Yeah, I just I wanted to mention that you know some of the technologies that Dan mentioned. Um, I've always utilized the Gardner reports to help understand who the who the main players are in obviously in marketing automation and CRM and in a lot of the business automation tools. They do a great job of helping to break down those platforms and understand better, you know, what makes, you know, what their benefits are and what makes them great and what, what are things maybe to potentially be to watch out for as maybe gaps in the platform. So I have found that to be a very helpful tool um, as a marketing person in, in kind of doing the research on, you know, what some of those platforms are and how they That's a great point, Marcy. You know, right back to having some of that information at your fingertips and then, right, trying to select the right partner, the right integrator. Um, and really bringing them in and asking the tough questions, right, and, and not just selecting it. So Gartner's a great place to start doing some of that. Hey, let me get a little ways down this path before I even call partners, right? Um, that's a great resource, Gartner. Um, there are many other great resources. Um, and then do your diligence, right, with the partner and, and vendors you select. So proactive planning, three- to five-year outlook, Mining that data, having a plan for it, um, reacting off that data, and adjusting. I mean, do do we really have time for that kind of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to do Excellent that? Excellent point. Yeah. <laughs> it all sounds so simple in yeah. theory, right? That's yeah. and you talked about making it simple. These, this is yeah, this is hard work. This is hard work, and the companies that are doing it are benefiting. Though there's reward in the hard work, and I always say, I always say the ones that are willing to do the grunt work, the hard work are the ones that are are. Re reaping the rewards and it's an excellent point Josh because it's, it's hard work and it's an investment for sure no that's great Marcy you hit the nail on the hat I mean and, and Josh you did as well it, it, but the differentiator is to Marcy's point I mean the companies that are investing the time 
it, it does pay off. And all of us know it, right? I mean, running a business right. is not easy, right? And so many people do want just plug and play. But but don't don't go down that path and assuming that, oh, well, hey, that technology looks really cool, right? It's going to solve all my problems. It won't. Um, so you need to nurture it just like you nurture anything within your business, just like you nurture your customers. It is an ongoing process. Um, but leverage the tools right to the if you're if you're following consistent processes within your business and data is being input into your business um, and you're breaking down those silos and consolidating to the extent that it makes sense within your business and you're using you're leveraging business intelligence tools it does make it much much easier so when when it is all siloed that's my point uh, in, in oftentimes why companies won't look at that data is because it could take somebody a week or weeks, right, depending on the size of your company, to go find information. And usually that's bringing you back the specific information you asked for and nothing more, nothing less, right? And so having that thought, your one, three, five-year business strategy, and then breaking down those silos, implementing a consistent process – um, and having the intelligence at your fingertips that you can truly, um, you know, leverage on an hour-to-hour, day-to-day basis. That technology does exist. It's real. Awesome. Well, Dan, before we wrap up, we have uh, three questions for you. One, who or what inspires you? So a lot of people inspire me. So I'll go into the more of what inspires me. And I just love this this day of this day and age of innovation. Um, it, it innovation, and I know that's broad, is just so inspirational right now. When we look across the country, the globe, um, it's unbelievable what we can do, and 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 that keeps me going. It's exciting. Innovation, inspires. innovation. What's your favorite uh, personal development or business related book? So that's. Another tough one, right? There's so many good books out there. Um, a book that I'll go back a couple decades dating myself um, that I read, again, a couple decades ago is The E-Myth, um, Entrepreneurial Myth, which was a great book, inspirational book. And I'd encourage anybody that's potentially merger acquisition, looking to go into business for themselves, in business for themselves, Manager level doesn't matter um, if you if you find yourself kind of stuck um, and not delegating work and trying to figure out how do I scale this thing. That's a great book. That one's always stuck with me. And then a more recent book, um, Mad Genius, and the author of that book is Randy Gage, and it's that's an inspirational book more about innovation. And it just it it really tries Randy really tries to get you thinking on an entirely different level and talking about, okay, you think you're thinking on a different level? No, you still need to go up several more levels. So, um, and there's many more, but I won't bore you with that. Well, and we'll put those in the show notes too. I think those are all um, great follow-ups for people to to check out. Uh, Last question, if you could boil down what you've learned in your career down to one piece of advice for others, what would that be? So really following maybe the uh, innovation theme here is really just never stop learning. It's you, what you know today is is totally different tomorrow. And um, you just continue to challenge yourself that, you know, with what I think I know, do I really know that? And, and go do research. Go dig. I mean, Google's a great resource. <laughs> so many great resources out there. Just never stop learning. Okay. Marcy, we have to ask you the same three. <laughs> so who or what inspires you? 
Um, I would stick also to what inspires me because there are many people that inspire me as well, like Dan said. But I think some of the concepts that inspire me most, one is team, teamwork, people working together for a common goal and the ability for people to, to really successfully, you know, kind of chip in where their strengths are and helping each other out to, to meet a common goal, specifically in business, is, is inspiring to me when you're working with teams of people that are seeing, you know, goals come to life and see visions, um, you know, become reality is, is inspiring to me. I'm also inspired by um, people who take on difficult take on difficult issues and find solutions to those issues. You know, Oprah comes to mind to me as a person that I can, that I, you know, kind of feel fits that. Um, I'm just inspired by taking those difficult situations and, you know, turning them into to wins for people and solutions that are, you know, that are win-wins for all. So um, those, that's probably what inspires me. What about a favorite uh, personal development or business-related book? Yeah, tough. There were so many on my list. I actually had to go to my bookshelf for a second and kind of, like, review some of them. Oh, but, boy, what's the favorite? Uh, well, <laughs> actually, I picked, I picked two. Um, one of them is definitely a personal development book. It's called The Willpower Instinct. And really, it's it's a book about discipline because um, one of the things that just kind of leads into the next, you know, my, kind of what my career advice would be is, to find some discipline in what you're doing, um, discipline yourself to be consistent at it for a long period of time because it's the consistency that will reap the reward. Um, and the other is just the ability to take risks or the willingness to take some risks. I think we live in a place where everybody wants to be perfect right out of the gate. And, and really just even speaking to this podcast and even the tech talk in general, it's just, you know what, you got to get out there and try something to see whether or not we'll be successful. And if, you know, you got to be willing to take a little risk to see whether or not something's going to work or not. And then once, once you take that risk, stay with it for a little while, find some consistency to it, be disciplined to stay with it for a certain period of time to see whether or not it will actually, you know, nurture and grow and then continue to go with it. So um, the willpower instinct, um, you know, really is, was a book that's been powerful for me. And then the other is going to, I chose it because it's relevant to the tech talks. And it's something I really wish I had read prior to launching a CRM system um, in my place of employment. But it's called The ROI of CRM. It's by Brian Gardner. And it's very much a book about process, about, um, you know, really identifying the process and then identifying the technology, similar to what we're talking about here today. But, you know, it was, it, it was an inspiring book for me. Um, after having launched a, a CRM product in two different companies, um, you know, beneficial book for, for those that might be looking to make, you know, kind of in the selection process for that business automation. So those would be my, my two books. Now, and you may have touched on it a little bit already. What, if you could boil down what you've learned in your career to one piece of advice for others? Just, you know, be disciplined, be consistent, and just that, you know, be willing to take some risks. Go for it. Try it out. Those would, be, those would be really be my two words of advice. There's, there's, a, there's a flood of, uh, of sayings that come to mind, the risk of, of uh, you know, not taking risks and failing. And, and I can't think of any of them right now. But, I mean, so many of those you see, you know, if you never put yourself out there, if you never yeah. try anything different. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, we live in a tough culture for this because, and I'll, I'll, you know, point out social media. There's a lot of people that are nervous about taking risks because if there's failure, 
you have the ability in, in, from a marketing perspective to damage the brand as much as benefit the brand, which is what we're all looking to do is to benefit the brand, right? So I think today marketers are struggling with this where taking that risk becomes a little more challenging to do, but I think we have to force ourselves to continue to, to take risk. Uh, that could be a whole other podcast in of itself. It, it probably could. It probably <laughs> really could. could. Yeah. Different campaigns that have elicited different responses. Ex- right? <laughs> many, many come to mind. Well, yep. thank you both uh, for being on the podcast today. We definitely appreciate it. Again, we'll put uh, all of the links in the show notes to the books, to the slides. Um, Dan at DPT Solutions. So do you do, do you present often on this topic? I do, yeah, I do, and and always love engaging um, small audiences, large audiences. So um, we generally speak once to twice a month. Partner with folks like AMA, um, different organizations. We've done some things with Consumers Credit Union, done some things on our own. So um, yeah, always love opportunities to engage and really just strategize with folks. It's a good time. Yeah, I think DPT was perfect. You know, perfect presenter for kicking off our tech talk, mostly because of the, the process, considering the process first before identifying the technology. So we're thrilled to have DPT participate in, in our first tech talk, and we're excited to have you here today. Thanks again, Dan. So Thank if we, you both. So if we put your contact info in the show notes, you're okay with people contacting you to... Absolutely. To speak, absolutely. ask questions. Absolutely. Grab Excellent. a coffee, grab lunch, absolutely. Excellent. I, I, I love it. Thank you both for your time today, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you. We're online at amawestmichigan.org and active on social media, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The national hub for the American Marketing Association is ama.org, where you can also find a chapter near you. The Marketers in Motion podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at amawestmichigan.org, where we encourage you not only to subscribe and share our podcast, but review, ask questions, get involved, and engage with us. Don't forget important links, content, and resources will be included in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketers in Motion podcast, powered by the West Michigan chapter of the American Marketing Association. What will you do with the information you learned today? Be inspired. Be creative. Be bold. Set your marketing in motion.